Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Good afternoon, I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with Brentley Jordan. Hey, Michelle. Hey, everybody. Um, And we're here today talking about your sermon from this past Sunday, Resting in God's Parameters from Psalm 127, 1 and 2. You got it. Yes. Yes. And um, I I love that you, you asked that question at the beginning of your sermon. When things get difficult, how do you respond? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. And then you started listing all these reactions and I was like, oh, angry, depressed. Do we lash out? Do we get quiet? Do we smolder? Like, I was yeah. like that's such a good word, smolder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good word, bad thing. I know. Exactly. Good word, yeah. bad thing. Um, do we roll with the punches? All these, there's such a plethora of responses we can have Yeah. when things get difficult. Yeah, it is. Um, so it, it has been fun for me to just process how I respond, how my wife responds, how my kids respond, how sometimes our response uh, is different than our typical nature. Um, mm-hmm. So, for instance, when I'm um, typically I enjoy being around people, I get energy from people, um, I, I like interacting with people. Um, when I'm stressed or going through something difficult, I get really quiet and don't have much to say and don't have much expression. Um, where there are others in my family where they get stressed, they have more to say and more expression. Um, so it's just, it's neat to see just the differences in how people respond. Not always uh, good or bad, just Right, just different. different. Yeah, yeah. I tend to be more like you. And yeah. I, I have several people in my family who are the, other, the opposite. Yeah. They have more to say with more expression and more hand gestures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the reason why you asked that question was to help us get into the mindset of thinking about rest yeah. and thinking about um, God's presence and God's power and resting and Sabbath and, and sleep. And just can you just remind us of what that connection is between those ideas? Yeah, so, um, I mean, David, you know, I, I loved uh, starting in Isaiah and then moving to, to some different scripture passages uh, three and two weeks ago. Um, we were being reminded from God's word that we are to find our rest for our soul in God's power and God's presence. And so then the question is, um, how does sleep and Sabbath, what does that have to do with finding rest in God's um, power and presence? And And I think God sets these parameters in place where, um, if I if I honor the Sabbath and if I'm responsible with my sleep or intentional with my sleep, um, those can be things that actually help remind me um, to put my rest in uh, the power of God's power and God's presence. In the sense that um, when I uh, don't think I have time for Sabbath because my work is so important, or don't think I have time to sleep because my work is so important. I'm putting all, I, I am, all of my rest or trust 
is in my effort and I'm depending on me. And, and it is such a healthy practice to, to acknowledge I am dependent on God and I need to step back sometimes and recognize I, I end and, and he never does. Mm-hmm. Um, my, so, so just the connection there to me was very important that uh, Sabbath and sleep are, are things that remind me I am a dependent being and, mm-hmm. and I depend on the work of God. And me um, stopping my work sometimes reminds me that, okay, I am dependent on him working and it's not all about me working. And that's so important to remember because yeah. I think the messages in our culture are like, it's all up to me. Mm-hmm. I need to do it on my own. Um, my work is so important. Nobody can live without me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and there is an element of, of, we have innate dignity. We have mm-hmm. innate importance because we are made in the image of God. Yeah. But as humans, we tend to inflate that importance to where I cannot believe the world existed before me and I cannot believe the world will exist after I'm gone kind of oh, yeah. Yeah. egomania kind of mm-hmm. perspective. And, and we like to think we're Superman or Superwoman or Wonder uh-huh. Woman or, you know, any of those, any of the DC comics or Marvel superheroes that we're above all that. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Uh-huh. We're above the need for sleep. We're above yeah. the need for Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And God's constantly reminding us, ah, uh, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we are weak and dependent. Mm-hmm. We absolutely are. And so you talked about um, my need for rest is God's gift of rest. And I think yeah. I think I heard my my husband amening you in the back when you said sleep can be a spiritual exercise. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what I mean by that, a lot of people like that idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you know, as you talked about sleep being a spiritual exercise, it just made me think of Oh, yeah. When are the times that I am pushing the boundaries on sleep because Mm -hmm. I think I have to do all this work? And when am I hoarding my sleep because Mm -hmm. I think I have to have it and I can't function without it? You know, like, where is that balance? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And it's and it's sometimes, you know, either in either case, it's me taking things into my own hands when perhaps God has a gift for me to say, Brentley, if you would just stop, I'm going to provide something that's going to shock you. Uh, if, if you would just stop and leave me space to provide rather than you, me, Brentley, feeling like I have to provide everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the Lord has lots of provision that he's waiting to provide for us if we slow down and, and look for it and receive it. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that comes to mind is um, there's a phrase that I've been using most of my life is that like when I'm feeling pressed for time, I'll just pray like, God, please multiply my time. Mm, yeah. And when I was a mom of very young children and they kept coming and coming, like yeah. they came pretty quickly at my house. And um and I wasn't sleeping at night. I would just be mm-hmm. like, okay, God, I'm just trusting you to multiply my sleep. 
yeah. so that I can function tomorrow with these three mm-hmm. young kids or four young kids. Um, and I, I love that idea that God, I have limits. God is limitless. Yeah. I don't necessarily see how, how this can work, uh-huh. but God is all powerful, all knowing and and like I said, limitless. And so he yeah. can, he can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important to remind ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. So what so, do you, go ahead. Yeah, so um, so it'd be fun to just to hear from you, what, what are some Sabbath keeping practices that have been helpful for you? Mm. Okay, so we're moving from sleep to Sabbath. Yeah. And so, that's interesting. I was thinking about this and, um, you know, I, I, I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. And when I was younger, um, my parents napped every Sunday afternoon. Huh. And I thought that was the most boring thing in the world. Why would anybody want to do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a sacred ritual in my house now. <laughs> nice. Sunday afternoon naps. Um, it's, it's, it's one way that I, I keep the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I and I I have to admit I'm not all that great at keeping Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think like I think there's probably always room to improve, right? Yeah. Um, when I was younger, like we would make every effort to not eat out on a Sunday. We would make every effort to not shop on a Sunday. Um, so that we were not causing other people to work on Sunday. Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we've gotten a little bit more lax about that now. And I'm not sure that yeah. the Bible tells us not to shop or not to go out to eat, but yeah. Um, yeah. So how about you? What are some Sabbath keeping practices? Yeah. Yeah. My, it's, it's interesting, you know, in, in ministry, when there's lots of, uh, you know, ministry is my job. So there's lots of things I do on Sunday that are part of my job. Um, so typically I don't see Sunday as, as a full Sabbath day. Um, mm-hmm. So Friday is the day of the week that I look at and say, okay, if um, there, are, there, there are ministry, the work of my job, I'm going to put all those responsibilities on the other six days. And I'm not going to have any work responsibilities on Friday. Um, so the main practice is just saying on Friday, that's the one day of the week that that I push all work responsibilities off of. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and there's there's so many healthy things. There's so many helpful things in that that I've found. Um, one of them, it really is just a trust exercise to say, God, I trust you that the um, the work you've called me to do, um, you you're going to show me a way to accomplish that in six out of seven days. And, um, and you're, not, you're not calling me in to do that work seven out of seven days. In fact, you're saying, Brentley, trust that that work that I've called you to can be done in six out of seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so taking that one day where um, I, I don't do uh, my work of ministry, um, that, that really is, it's a trust exercise and it's, it's a good spiritual experience with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the other part of it is um, it's so healthy. My wife loves it. 
my kids, you know, it's healthy for family too, that, mm-hmm. that I have that day that um, we are just doing other things and doing, doing things together. Um, mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, and this is where for me it comes in, you know, the, the idea that um, work with your mind, rest with your hands, or mm-hmm. if you work with your hands, then rest with your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the, the truth is restful is if I could go out and play tennis with Ashley, go for a bike ride with uh, Ryan and Josiah, go for a walk with Amanda and do some yard work, um, that would be a full, very restful day for me mm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. And other people would look at that and think, oh my goodness, that's, that sounds exhausting. That's not restful at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it, that's different enough from the, the, what I, the work that I'm doing the other six days of the week mm-hmm. that uh, it is emotionally restful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so I enjoy those practices yeah yeah when you know I mean Sunday is really a work day for me too um Sunday morning and so I have I have tried to take you know Sunday afternoon and evening Mm -hmm. um and then usually another either part of day or a full day on a weekend as my Sabbath and not checking email (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a Not big one. Checking work email specifically mm-hmm. is something that I really work towards not doing. Yeah. Um, it's and not it's always, a- it, it, it's not always possible and it's not a hundred percent. I mean, like minutes, right? Like people die yeah. on, on, on Fridays and, yeah. and the weekends and uh, emergencies happen on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And so it isn't perfect. No, yeah. we can't, we can't keep Sabbath perfectly. Like God kept Sabbath perfectly, but we can recognize when those boundaries have to be released and yeah. when they have to be, uh, I don't know what the, what's the opposite of release. <laughs> yeah. Held on to. Held yeah. on to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's easy for us to get legalistic about it. And that's, that's not where scripture wants us to go at all. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the teaching of scripture does instruct us to, to be intentional about Sabbath keeping. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that that could play out. But it's, mm-hmm. it's be intentional about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a legalistic thing. Um, and again, I, you know, I think a, a primary purpose of it is God puts that in place as this spiritual practice that helps us get into the... Um, the practice of putting trust in him um, mm-hmm. and in a very practical way. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's benefits our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. One book I read last year that I thought was really helpful in giving some very practical um, granular kind of ideas for how to mm-hmm. keep Sabbath was a book by James Mark Comer. And oh. I can't remember the name of the title of the book, but I know the Tippecanoe County library has it because um, that's where I got it. Um, yes. and I meant to look it up before we started. It could be something. He, he has this great, uh, great quote somewhere about, um, ruthlessly eliminating hurry. Yeah, that's it. The ruthless and elimination of hurry. There you go. And, oh, and it's such a, it, there was a conversation he records, you know, where, where one person said, what can I, what can I do to grow more spiritually? And the answer to the, for the other individual was you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And the person was all like, all right, got it. What's after that? 
And, and he said, no, that's it. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And, and I've, I've, I mean, that's just been a beautiful um, spiritual concept to, to ponder. What would it look like for me mm-hmm. to ruthlessly eliminate hurry? Because a lot of times when I'm, when I'm hurried, what's going on in my heart is I'm so important. My mm-hmm. tasks are so important and, and I'm getting all anxious and, and, and I just need to slow down and realize, God, I need to be on your agenda and your timeline, not mine. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I love that idea, ruthlessly eliminating hurry. Yeah. And that uh, the book is split into two sections. So the first section is talking about rest and Sabbath and like the biblical foundation for that, which yeah. we've covered. And then the second half is like five specific, very um, practical application ideas of how to ruthlessly eliminate hurry, how to practice Sabbath. And um, so I, I thought it was good. And it's interesting because he's a pastor out in Oregon and he um, in their church, they do not use um, PowerPoint for biblical text and they discourage devices. They encourage everyone to bring a Bible to Uh church. And he's, I heard him on, a, on an interview and he's like, yeah, I encourage people to turn in their Bibles and I want to hear the pages turning. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I'm like, you know, if we, if we did that, like we would be called Luddites, right? Like you're yeah. against technology, you're, but he's a digital native. And so when he says, yeah, we're going to put that aside, it's like, yeah, oh, it's new and interesting and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting how that goes, but, but one of the things he talks about is, is, is the device or the phone. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is, I, that is one thing that you brought up as a significant barrier to rest, to sleep, to Sabbath, Yeah. Mm-hmm. which I couldn't agree with more. And that's probably mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, like James Mark, what's John Mark? whatever his name is. Yeah. John Mark. John Mark. He would say on a Sabbath, on his Sabbath day, he puts his phone in a basket and doesn't look at it for an, you know, from sundown to sundown. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I love that idea. And I really want to listen to my audio books. Yeah. I really want to listen to my podcasts. Oh yeah. Really? You know? And it's like, Oh, so I haven't, I haven't quite, gotten to that practice yet but what are some ways that you what are some practices that help you prevent your phone from being a barrier to rest yeah that's a good question you know because the reality is i i realize um uh you know in a given moment um when when i'm seeking some approval or just something to rest in or just a distraction it's it's easy to go to my phone and and try to look for you know just a distraction and and believe that I will find rest for my soul in that distraction of my phone. So mm-hmm. so to take away uh, that, um, you know, in a sense, that idol, that, that's a, it, it's a false God. It's, a, um, it's taking me away from putting my rest in the Lord. So to take that distraction away, um, I, you know, I try to put limits on it. Uh, one of the limits that's most helpful for me is I try uh, for the most part I, I almost, I want my kids to almost never see me on my phone. Mm. Um, so, uh, because what I don't want to happen is 
you know, we're, we're doing something together and I'm texting someone which says, this is more important than you all. Or I'm looking up an interesting article which says, this is more important than you all. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I went in every way. Um, there's so many helpful things I can do with my phone. But when I'm spending time with other people, um, I, I want to be all about them and, and not my phone. Uh, mm-hmm. So that would be one, just trying to trying to make it so that my kids almost never see me using my phone. Mm. Um, you know, and then the other one would be um, in the morning uh, when I sit down with my Bible and I have my phone there just because it's my clock. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's a constant temptation. Oh, you know, why don't before I open up Isaiah this morning, why don't I just look at, um, you know, uh, Instagram or WLFI right. or Facebook? Right. And just, and just determining that, no, at first I'm going to spend my time with the Lord before I look up any of those things on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's an important um, yeah, practice to try to hold to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I exercise before I have my devotion time. So I'm mm-hmm. usually listening to a podcast while I exercise. Sure. Yeah. And, but then I do turn it off and I put my phone away when I have my devotions. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I do is, you know, on the iPhone that has that do not disturb feature, yeah. which is so helpful mm-hmm. because I turn on that do not disturb feature and then I can choose which apps are turned off. Um, yeah. And so my do not disturb is on from 6 p.m. to, to 8 a.m. Oh, wow. Great. Which, um, which is a super long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and my, it drives my husband crazy. Like people can still call me, they can still text me. Yeah. And then there are applications that I do allow, you know, I have a word game that I enjoy playing, you know, uh-huh. if I'm stuck in line or somewhere or something, but, um, but Instagram is turned off. Facebook is turned off. Email is turned off like Safari, like the browser. I can't get to yeah. the internet unless I override it. Oh, um, wow. So that is turned off. Um, and then everything else is automatically turned off unless I turn it on. Yeah. So, you know, or have it always on. Yeah. And I find that really helpful oh, just yeah. as a reminder. Like if I go to Facebook, it'll come up and say, sorry, your limit's been reached. And I can either hit okay or remind me again in mm-hmm. five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, because the reason why I did that is because social media is a part of my job. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. found myself like checking Facebook or Instagram right before I go to bed. Yeah. And and somebody had messaged the Covenant Facebook page with something that was a problem or, you know, some nasty comment yeah. or something that was work related and not personal yeah. related. And I found myself like getting upset and not being able to sleep because of this, and I oh, have to yeah. deal with it in the morning. And I'm like, well, that's, I mean, I can't deal with it until tomorrow. So let's just oh, turn yeah. it off. Yeah, that's good. So, so that, that's, um, that's one of one thing that I do. Yeah. What, um, what about, you know, we, we jumped over, uh, we had some conversation about sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there, you know, when, when I talk about sleep as a spiritual exercise, mm-hmm. uh, to what extent has that been your experience or, or what's the barrier that keeps that from being your experience? Oh, that's interesting. 
You know, I think it's different at different seasons of life, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I mentioned earlier when my kids were little and I wasn't sleeping through the night. Mm -hmm. um, I just, um, I just prayed that God would multiply my sleep, yeah. and then, and then, and so I think um, I am a I'm pretty pretty strict about my bedtime and wake up time. Mm -hmm. um, but but not because I realize I have limits. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I, it is, but it's also like, I have to have my sleep in order to function well the next day kind mm -hmm. of attitude. And, you know, and then if my kids start talking to me right before bed, then I'm like, and then I find myself getting anxious and or angry. And so yeah. then I realize I, I need to, you know, as my dad would say, cut it out. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, and realize like, this is the time that they want to talk and to give myself to the moment mm -hmm. and trust that God will multiply my sleep if I don't get to yeah. bed at my normal time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. You know, when it was little, it was sleeping through the night and now it's like staying up too late <laughs> talking to teenagers, well, young adults. I all yeah. Have yeah. Adults now. Mm. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I found it, um, you know, just there's almost this prayer of gratitude that can come before each bed each night um, mm -hmm. to just uh, it's helpful for me to just acknowledge God. I um, I am going to sleep now and you the world will keep spinning because of you. And, you know, and no nothing that I am in charge of is going to fall apart because I sleep tonight but but it's in your hands and and there's there's just this i experienced this prayer of gratitude and going to sleep that wow i i'm so grateful that i don't have to stay up the next eight hours and continue working and making sure everything is set but i i get to just lay down and not think about anything and not move for the next eight hours and and that is i mean it's, that's just a the nights that i do that well I go to bed with such gratitude that mm -hmm. I don't, you have given me the gift of rest. You, you are, you know, providing and sustain for things and I, I get to rest and that mm -hmm. is, um, and that's helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And there are even times, you know, there's, there's times where I've, I've gone away from that and thought, you know, if I, if I stay up later to um, work on this project, whatever it might be, um, you know, I found that the work I do later is not all that great. And I wake up the next morning tired. And, and so, so then I think, you know what, Lord, I, I think if I had gone to bed and trusted that you would provide for me the next day, the clarity of mind and the hours <clears throat> to further this project, mm -hmm. then it would have been furthered better if I would have gone to sleep and trusted you for the next day rather than frantically working on it for another two hours of mm -hmm. like nodding off and not doing mm -hmm. very well anyway. Um, That's yeah. so true. That is so true. There's many times when I thought I can't even think straight and I, oh, yeah. I just yeah. need to go to bed and I'll think mm -hmm. better in the morning and I'll get started early. And, you know, and my husband's the opposite. Yeah. Though, mm -hmm. you know, you and I are both early birds. And yeah. so we need to recognize the fact <laughs> that, the, that we're fortunate because the world 
is kind of geared towards us. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's great. But, you know, my husband's a night owl. And so, like, getting him started in the morning is just, I've just had, I mean, there, there's there's where I have to trust God, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. We'll get left when we get left. And it's yeah. going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and he gets his second wind at night. And he, mm-hmm. like, he can work hard and he you know his he's, he's always said his favorite schedule sleep schedule is 2 a.m to 10 10 a.m wow and i like that just makes me sick to my stomach yeah uh... <laughs> so i think that there are i mean there's there's a lot of literature out there saying you know figure out when it is you are at your best sure. and mm-hmm. and try to do your hardest and work when you're at your best and and then i think it's also like how do we bring God into that, right? Like, yeah. Trusting that I, I'll be able to sleep until eight in the morning or. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately know. depend, remembering that I am dependent on God. And, and this is where, you know, to bring it full circle, the, the mm-hmm. Psalm 127 passage is so good. Um, and I'm dependent on God because unless the Lord builds the house, I labor in vain. Mm-hmm. Unless he watches over the city, we stay in garden vein. So it's, I am absolutely dependent on him. And that is, that's so important for my own healthy relationship with the Lord to be fixed on that um, truth that I am dependent on him. Hmm. What a great place to end. Yeah. We are dependent on God. We have limits and God does not. Yeah. And I've heard somebody say, I have one more thing to say. I heard someone say, we need to thank God for our limits and we need to live within our limits. And I was like, that is life-changing. Yeah, it's true. That is, that's great. Yeah. So, so every time I bump up against a limit, I try to be thankful for it Yeah. and mm-hmm. then trust God with it. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your time today, Brentley. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Michelle. It's a fun yes. conversation. Yes, it was. And thank you for joining us, whether it's been live on Facebook or on our blog or um, on our podcast. We are glad that you took the time to spend time with us today. And if you have questions or comments, please leave those. I do read those, every one of them. Have a great day. Great. See you. Bye. All.